Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Backstage Pass. This is your host, Lee Zimmerman, with my producer, co-host, and good buddy, Billy Hubbard. And today we're excited to have another Billy with us, none other than Billy Droz. Hey, Billy, how you doing? Hey, Newly. I'm doing all right, man. Two Billys. I hope I don't get too confused. You know? We're yeah. we're different enough, I think. I think, so. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I I think so. We're actually doing this interview prior to your performance over here at the station in Louisville, Tennessee. Yeah. That's this Billy's uh domicile. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and we have a little echo oh. in the room. So this is kind of a remote, so it's not our normal. It's it's a remote. But that sh- that shows our professionalism, Billy, that we can and Billy that we can take this on the road with us. That's right. So, so Billy, how are you doing, man? Congratulations on this new album. Thank you so much, man. It's it's great to put a face with a with a name because I, I you you did a, a write up about the last record and or the current record, and I, I appreciate, it, man. Those are some very kind words. Well, appreciate it was it. my pleasure. This album definitely merits all the uh, accolades that uh, we have to give you here. So, from what I understand. This album was kind of um, impacted by the pandemic, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of it. I mean, it was, uh, I had a lot of time on my hands. So we weren't on the road. And so we were able to, just, I mean, I have a studio there on the property uh, where we live. And uh, I just, go, I'd go there all, all hours of the night and uh, just get inspired. And uh, that was my outlet to make music during the mm-hmm. time where I actually couldn't go out and, and do what we're doing here tonight, which is right. great. The the name of the album is called "Waiting Out the Storm," mm-hmm. and that's kind of appropriate. Very fitting. Out the storm of the pandemic. <laughs> Very right? fitting for the uh, times, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote it about my wife, but uh, she's she's kind of a storm as well, so it fits. Oh, I, I, <laughs> really? Do you want her to hear this podcast? And I think she knows word. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she flaunts it. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to ask you. What inspired the songs on the new album? It was it was your wife inspired all the songs. A you? lot of them. I mean, yeah. but you know, just life, man. If I if I haven't lived it, if I haven't experienced it, then then I'd rather not try to write about it. I mean, I, I come from the school of you know living in Nashville for all them years where I had you know staff publishing gigs everywhere, and and so I'd have to like never know any of these people. You'd get in rooms with at ten <laughs> o'clock a.m. and you're just supposed to write a, an amazing song um, that. You, you do it so so much, so many years in a row that you you learn the craft of it, and then you're like, you know what, this ain't for me. <laughs> I'd rather go home and and write when I'm inspired. And so, uh, yeah, it's just all about living it and going through it, and th- 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 that's where I get my inspiration for sure. But you have written songs for a ton of people. I mean, the Graskels, Daryl Worley, Flat Lonesome, Shenandoah. I mean, you've written songs for a lot of people. So obviously, you were very skilled at your craft when you were going that route. Yeah, and uh, you know, I finally just kind of uh, after after having so many cuts in in bluegrass aside from country, I just decided like, man, hey, I, I think I want to I want to sing them from now on. So I started just singing my own tunes and put out grass records, and it's kind of where we're at today. So, and you have award nominations, awards from the IBMA and the ICMA and uh 
You co-hosted the ICMA Awards at the Grand Ole Opry in 2018. I mean, you've, you've, you've got an impressive resume here. Thank you so much. Uh, sometimes I feel like I, I haven't done anything, so for you to say that makes me feel great. No, it's true. And I was checking this morning to see if Dairy, Dairy Queen was still hiring. actually i was too please don't compete for that gig with me please you know what's funny is we we had was interviewing uh a friend robert vincent from the uk we said he said he had relatives in uh knoxville he's he he won the americana arts of the year 2021 over in uk yeah and he i said hey you got any relatives name Rhonda? and because then i thought about you Rhonda. you you hosted that with Rhonda vincent um yes sir the awards yeah Wow, we uh, we were slated for me and Sonia Isaacs of the Isaacs, uh, which congratulations to them. They just uh, were inducted oh. into the uh, Grand Ole Opry, which oh, yeah. is awesome. They're members of the Grand Ole Opry now, and uh, but Sonia had to go out on the road, and uh, I thought, who can I get to replace Sonia Isaacs? Which is that's a tall order. Yeah, and then Miss Rhonda, I called Rhonda up, and she was able to come out and do it with us, and that was uh, that was great. We became friends, and and uh, cool. still still are friends today. Well, I'm, I'm I'm very impressed. So you were the one that made the choice of your co-host. Yeah, I that that whole thing kind of got uh, dumped in my lap, which was it's okay. They uh, I had I'd I'd been doing a uh, show for the Keith Whitley organization for years, or a couple of years actually at that point, where um I was organized. I'm pretty good at organization and getting things going, and so uh, anyway, the IC uh, ICMAs. We're, we're we're working at that time, and you know they were they just said, "Hey, can you help us out?" And so we just started handpicking people and getting things together, and I got to got to get Rhonda there, so it was really nice. Oh, cool! So I, I think that's very impressive that you can um, just call her up and you know. Well, I I didn't I I, I put a ten out by her house for about a week and. And you know, I, I got a harassment charge, and but well, uh, it's the bottom line is you got her over there. I got it done. Yeah, thank you, thank you. We finally you, found a reason to pitch up. Yes, and you got it done. But honestly, that didn't happen. But uh, but honestly, like back in the day, y'all heard the story about like you know Chris Christopherson like landing a helicopter at Johnny Cash's house and stuff. So oh, cool. I mean, it could have happened. It'd be a, it'd be a heck yeah. of a story. Yeah, yeah. I'm just impressed you can call her Rhonda because I have to call her Miss Vincent. I say definitely Miss Rhonda. She's Miss. She, all right, a little bit of both. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, but That's, she was very inspiring, like all through the thing because she's hosted all kind of stuff and yeah, and, oh, yeah. and I hadn't, and so she was just. Uh, she told me something that was very inspiring that night that I'll never forget. Um, <clears throat> She said, brush your teeth. No, that's that's a total joke. I'm a habitual. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do we have here? Wait a minute. A little. No, that was a good joke. You're supposed to do the one. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) There you go. I'm a habitual teeth brusher. But she said to me one time, I was a little. Dang, how long does that last? I know. I know. Sorry. Sorry. I was a little um, put out with the crowd attendants not being sold out there at the Opry House that night. And uh, she goes, look. I'll tell you what she said. One time I was playing at Silver Dollar City when I was a kid, and it was raining, and we were just so, just soaked and tired, and there was nobody there. And my yeah. daddy said, "Hey, you got to play like there's a million people. You just got to keep doing your thing." Oh yeah. And um, <clears throat> she said, "I'll never forget it." She said that was the night that under uh, an unset umbrella about thirty feet away was the guy that booked the Opry, that booked the Grand Ole oh. Opry uh, at, at Silver Dollar City oh, at the time. Yeah. 
And she said that from that show, from them doing a good job at that show, is what got them placed on the Grand Ole Opry. So she right. said, you never know who's out there. You always got to treat it like there's a, you know, arena of people. And so, and uh, you know, I've learned a lot from her and, and people like her with the Marty Rabins and the you know uh, John Andersons and people like that. I got I got to ask you this now. I was impressed when I saw your wife uh, who I was reading where. She did she give your album to when I was to Dolly Parton and Dolly listened to it, man. That's I uh, we were so we live out here, you know, or out in the country there by Leapers Fork, Franklin, Tennessee area. And uh, there's this little cafe that's since shut down, unfortunately. But um, we were sitting in there having lunch, and uh, of course, it's a hometown little thing, so everybody knows everybody. We're all good friends. Well, Dolly comes in. Dolly yeah. comes in? Yeah, well, Dolly, everybody comes in over there. It, wow. It, that's a all big right. thing. Like in that area, Clay Walker lives across the street. He's wow. all Dolly Parton, oh, yeah. Chris Jansen, just all these you know stars that are, yeah, I'm, I'm the poorest country singer in the neighborhood, <laughs> but <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter. So Dolly walks in, and, and I don't get starstruck at all because I've been around this since I was a child, but I got starstruck. Got a little yeah. shaky, and I told my wife, I said, I'll give you a $100 bill. Oh, <laughs> if, if you take this uh, current record and just give it to Dolly, just for fun, I don't want anything from her. Just give it to her, and <laughs> and uh, she loves grass, so I thought she might enjoy some bluegrass music. So anyway, she did. She took my hundred bucks, and uh, I felt really bad about it <laughs> for about two weeks. And then I get this letter in the mail from Dolly Parton. She she had wrote my record label at the time, written my record label at the time. And the, the record label sent me the letter, and it was just a gorgeous letter, really sweet, kind. Thank you for you know I received this from your wife, your beautiful oh, wife. Cool. So it was neat, wow. you know. She she praised it up and down, and and I, I gave her my last two, and she hasn't written me back. <laughs> oh, well that's cool. Um, well, my mom, you know, when I was a kid, my mom uh, would tell me about Dolly Brown. Dolly Brown, you know, she used to be here on Kaz Walker show and Porter Wagner, and uh, my mom's band. Well, back then they'd stand in line at live radio, and I, I said, "Wow, is Dolly that old?" You know, I mean, this is after my mom got older. Because uh, Dolly, you know, you look at her and you think, "Man, she just looks like she's still young." Even it's like Cher; she never ages. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> guys. Well, there are reasons for that. Come on, you're so naive. Don't work. Okay. Anyway, sorry. But when she walks into the the neighborhood restaurant, is she all dollied up? So her thing was she she would come there so often because she loved the serenity of the country and how yeah. things felt out there in the middle of nowhere. And so right. a lot of times if she if she couldn't be and look like everybody perceives her to be and look, then she'd stay in her in her SUV and she'd send somebody in to get a fried okay. bologna sandwich. Okay, that's what she. All had. right, fried she's, bologna. She's still conscious of her image though. Well, yeah, I mean, you make millions and millions of dollars, and she still eats fried bologna sandwiches. That's humility. That's amazing. Uh, that's, you know. Get me some bologna. Evidently, yeah. she's, you know, she's had the best steaks she can have, but she still yeah. loves fried bologna. That's what, why I love Dolly Parton. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's, you know, that's pretty uh pretty fascinating story there that you got her, you got your CD to her. You gave your wife $100? Yes. She's never gave it back, but she won. <laughs> she did what she said she did. When I, You know what? I do the same thing. I'll say, there's a, you know, there's a Chris Christopherson look like. I, I'll give you 38 cents if you go over and say, hello, Mr. Christopherson. <laughs> I think that's big money. I mean, she doesn't argue with me. She doesn't say, I'll do it for... 
48 cents. She, she says, you, you're crazy. I'm not going to do it. So I don't have to up the ante. But, um, My wife's more expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks like your wife you know, uh-huh. won't accept Actually, his wife, you know, his wife is an artist too, right? She's very talented. She's a photographer. Huh? She's a photographer. Well, she sings. Who's my wife? wife? His wife. Oh, his wife. Oh, we're I said, off. Billy's wife. Is she, uh, Billy. Was about Billy's. She, is she with you tonight? Is she? I wish she's back. Uh, wrangling four beautiful children that we have. Okay. So. All right. That sounds good. You know, it, it's got to be hard though, having a uh, professional career and having a home life with responsibility too. I mean, yeah, it it it's it's definitely challenging, but um. It, I mean, it is. It's our lifestyle. I mean, being in music and bluegrass music and country music, it's 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 not something you wake up and say, "I'm going to do that." No, it's it's definitely a lifestyle, and you have to be from it and come up in it. In my opinion, and so our kids are very understanding that I'm out, and you know, and my, my wife as well. And any time that we can go out together, we do. I mean, we love it. What's your wife's name? <laughs> Maria with a J. Maria, with where's the J come in? M A R I. A J A Maria, she's from Lithuania, so the J okay. is silent. Okay, I'll take. You can't word believe for how it. many bluegrass. Are you sure? You sure you got the spelling right, Billy? Oh, I know for you sure. You double check. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can't believe how many bluegrass DJs are like. All right, now this morning we're going to play Marija Droves. <laughs> yes, and I have to yes. call them. They call me all the time because, of course, she's signed to my record label, and so they call okay. me and they say, "How do you pronounce this?" Well, just. The J is silent. Now, did the two of you go out touring together, or does she do her own thing and go out on the road herself? Uh, she's no, she won't. Uh, right now, she's just she's a mama, but okay. she's just now getting to a point where she'll she, she's done like two or three big dates with me. And, All right, and, th- and that's really fun because uh, uh, people people expect her. They see me, they expect her, and so it's, yeah. I was playing a, a show in Connecticut, and they said. Uh, I actually had that was Maria's one of Maria's first big venues she played uh, as an artist because she's done really well. She's had a bunch of you know top tens, couple number ones cool. and stuff. And uh, so I started my set after hers, and they said, "Hey, bring your wife out again." And I thought, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, right, all right, we will." <laughs> that's that's a good thing, but it can also kind of crush the ego a little bit. I, would I have no ego. You have no ego. My okay. ego died in Florida like five years ago. Uh, that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> but on the other hand, you were, we were talking before we started uh, recording here, and, and you said you have 16 albums? I have cut an album uh, one a year since the age of 16. I'm 34. I, 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 I had in the review that I did that you're 35. But see, Lee, you need to quit making me older, bud. Time's going to do that check, on its own. Fact check. How, how embarrassing is that? But all the more reason to admire what you've accomplished in 34 years. I mean, this is amazing. You're like a prodigy. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know, man. All these awards, 16 albums. I wanted to get out of Sand Mountain, so I was going to do anything it took to get (laughs) off of Sand Mountain, Boaz, Alabama. I still love people down there, but uh, there's a few people I modeled my career after, and uh, some of them being bluegrass artists and country artists, and they would put out an album every year. I yeah. can't say that there's 16 amazing albums. I can just say since, since the age of 16, I've made it a goal to do an album a year. Wow. And so. Wow. Well, I'm doing the math. You've only missed one or two years or three years. 
Yeah, a couple of yeah. years, six scenes. Let's blame, that on, years, let's blame that on COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, now your, your dad, uh, I, I got to meet your dad today when I, I can bless your heart. His age. <laughs> he said he was 80, 89. I mean, and the guy's pretty spunky, you know. Uh, but I mean, how did he? And, and then my wife just told me that he, she was talking to him. And he said he had a band for 20 years or so in Texas. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, uh, He's been around and done his thing, and he's uh, 89 today, actually, is his birthday. Wow. Is he here tonight? Is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's going to sing. Okay. He's going to wow. do a little singing, and he's still Excellent. good. He's still really, really good. Um, is he bluegrass course, or? Uh, old, old, nostalgic country music, if you will. Oh, music. yeah. Classic stuff, yeah. You but, you started out, from what you were saying before, you started out strictly country, and you made the switch to bluegrass with the last three albums i guess right yeah bluegrass was i mean if you didn't do some bluegrass coming you know coming up in, on sand mountain alabama well by gosh <laughs> they'd kick you butt out of there so bluegrass was a huge thing where i came from and so i actually started in gospel and bluegrass and country i mean we never put anything in a box when i was a kid it was just all right. good american music and yeah. so yeah. and it all kind of went together back then now it's really you know Countries this, bluegrass is this. Yeah, so formatted. So oh, yeah. But um, yeah, so it was kind of tit for tat. So like back in the day, it started with bluegrass, then country, and then I, I realized the only place I could go that made logical sense for me and I could still be artistic would, would be uh, bluegrass music. I could go back to my roots and do bluegrass music, and and they accepted us in bluegrass, and we're, we're very thankful. And we bring a lot of country elements, and you know, with songwriting and different things to it. And I think that's my own brand of American music. So, yeah. bluegrass is—it's um, taken on a new life, kind of. It's a real populist movement now, with artists like yourself and Old Crow Medicine Show and uh, Steep Canyon Rangers. And you know, it's almost like you're still respecting the roots. You're digging at the roots, but you've got to have your own sound. You can't just imitate you know, what came before. You've got to add your own element to it, right? Well, every art form, every musical art form has to have a, a natural evolution to it. I, do, mm -hmm. I understand that. And I believe bluegrass is right now blooming into that natural evolution into different little, you know, it's a melting pot. But I mean, yeah. uh, and I'll, I'll go on record and say it, I don't care. But I mean, country music also evolved, in, in my opinion, evolved into something that wasn't even close to it, you know. And so I believe they kind of just... Right just stripped it of what its natural sound was. Yeah. And that's yeah. therein lies the reason why I'm I'm back in my favorite style, which is bluegrass. You weren't ready to take on rappers and fifty seven dancers or anything behind you. That wasn't your thing. No, I th I mean I, I love <laughs> I'm a pure I love pure stuff. Right. But I mean I understand it has to change a little bit, but when you absolutely just take it from what it was to yeah. not recognizable, then I'm I'm out. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. when when they take banjos out of bluegrass, I'm probably out. So when they took steel guitar out of bluegrass, I was out. Or country, yeah. excuse me. So, yeah. yeah. And they can call me a dumb redneck for thinking that, but I don't care. No, man. There's something to be said for the purity of, of form. But again, you know, taking the roots and being able to add your own thing to it yeah. and still keep that you know, contemporary sound, that's um, pretty impressive to be able to do that. Well, it's yeah. crazy because if you think about it, like country is special in its own because it had one instrument that was popular to it. 
Name one more genre. I mean, I know it's been used, but steel guitar. Where was steel guitar ever used other than country? Hardly ever. So right. with with the evolution of country into where it is today, it killed a whole instrument. Like a whole instrument just disappeared. Yeah, you still yeah. hear fiddles and stuff, but very seldom do you hear steel guitar anymore. Steel guitar yeah. is the prettiest instrument on the planet yeah. Earth. It's like strings. Yeah. So when it starts killing whole instruments, I'm like, you know what? I'm out of here. <laughs> I saw a chart once on that, and it was showing steel guitar. Uh, you guys probably saw it too. I mean, how it just declined. You know, the oh yeah, it just went down, down, and down as part as far as. Is being on you know on on this on on session radio. players you know that yeah they, I, guess I know they, I mean to this day I have dear friends that are still guitar players that are now landlords and they rent uh, houses out and stuff because there's no oh, platform yeah. for their instrument oh, yeah, sad to me that is that's, that's a, my dad played steel he didn't do the paddle steel but and I, I just always thought that you know how could people just stop liking something you know how weird. I don't think they stopped liking it. I just think in, in, industry-wise took it oh, to right. somewhere where it wasn't needed. Yeah, so. and that's when the industry musicians weren't at the top of the labels anymore. And I think that's part of we were like we were talking the other day about that. Yeah. The, in the back in the Woodstock days is when it started. Remember the girl that independent label? You know, that's back whenever the Beatles and Melanie. Were, yeah, they had to start their own labels because yeah. the corporate thing. Even fifty years ago, was starting yeah. to intrude on things. Yeah, that's what we did. We had to do the same thing. Yeah? Absolutely. So, so you have your own label? It's called RBR Entertainment. We have five artists on their roster. And, wow. And we're, uh, thank God we're doing well in bluegrass music. And all of our artists had a, have had hits and are having hits right now. And so it's a good thing. Sometimes now, you got to wear a bunch of hats. Yeah. I was going to ask you, are you hands-on with the uh, business side of things? Very much so. And Really? And I have a partner. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, partner and I have uh, formed this label. It's RBR Entertainment, and we have Don Rigsby, who's a huge oh, yeah. bluegrass legend. Yeah. We have, um, oh my gosh! Guy named Zach Top. We have Jimmy Yuri. Uh huh. We have Tommy Buller, myself, and my wife. Wow, so, uh, that's a big job. I mean, it's when I started it, I didn't know how hands on it well actually was, but it's it's a lot of work. You got to it's like having five other me's I got to make happy. I can't make me happy, so it's oh, it's, a, it's a lot of work. I, I mean, did you have any kind of preparation before you got into this thing? Did you have any idea what was involved? Yeah, I mean, I've I've had and lost probably 10 record deals, so I knew exactly what was uh <laughs> what, what was expected of myself. Yeah, yeah, and it's a very artist-friendly label. It's an artist. It's 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 a, it's a record label ran by an artist, and uh, but with you know people in in our corner that you know the legalities of everything, and so but it right. it, it is set up to be artist-friendly, and that's that's why we started RBR Entertainment. It's it's doing very well. So wow, you know, I mean, for some people, some people it might be a challenge wearing both of those hats the business side of it and also the creative artistic side of it too. That's why you have a good partner that, that knows the business side of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. With that. But regardless, you still have to do a lot of that business side. It doesn't matter all, yeah. all the time, you know, decisions. And if, should we do this? Should we do that? And I kind of like it. I'll be honest with you. As long as I'm making great music, it doesn't have to be mine. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where are you guys based out of Nashville? You have an office on music row. Yes, sir. Uh, you really do. You have an office on music. 13th, oh, you are seventeenth, sixteenth Avenue. Yeah, I all right, right I'm, above the parlor recording studio. We have uh, two offices up there, and we really cool. love it. Wow, that is that is way cool. Yeah, 
Bill, Billy S. S. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play a song from the new album. Um, and this is I was telling you before I described it in my review for Bluegrass today. I said it was a beguiling, a beguiling ballad, very beguiling. And thanks to you, I know a new word. (laughs) Yes, there you go. So this is the current single. Yes, sir. Okay, well, let's hear some of it. Bring on the wind. Bring on the wind. I remember rain was pouring. Oh, really coming. That's how I knew the storm was coming About that time it came around I can't say my heart wasn't scared But it was all in the hands of the man upstairs A broken heart's like wind and rain Crashing down and causing pain until you build again A force of nature can't be chained To a love that still remains I guess I'm a fool to pretend But I swore that I'd love you till the end So bring on Lightning in the distance Oh, and thunder at my door Always knew what I'd be missing If I couldn't take no more It's hard for me to think that you don't care There ain't no place for me to go So I'll just stay right here Broken hearts like wind and rain Crashing down and causing pain Tear you up until you build again A force of nature can't be chained To a love that still remains I guess I'm a fool to that, that is beguiling. That really is. That's, that's a beautiful song. And I'm just I'm I'm realizing now because I'm reading my own review that you produced this album single-handedly. You wrote all the songs except um, I guess one track that your dad had in writing. Yeah, yeah, my dad had, had, had recorded that song years ago. I just okay. remember loving it, so we threw it on this record. Wow. I had a lot of help on this record. Uh, I produced it, but it was co-produced uh, with Jason Roller, actually. Okay, so. all right, wow. Well, I, I'm sure you're justifiably proud of this album. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I, I, I still get to wake up and sing songs for a living. I really am. Since this album was sort of conceived last year, do you have a new album in the works? Oh, yeah. We're three songs deep on the new one. We don't you? never stop. So, you know, you, when you do a, a tremendous album like this that's won high praise and... Is it a little intimidating now that you you know you're starting your next album? Wow, well, I got to measure up to my own high bar there. Nah, no. Okay. I just, I See, just, I didn't think so. I just love making great music and yeah. challenging myself to, to to keep making 
great music. I mean, this this new album is the, the, the album I'm on right now. Okay, um, that I'm working on creating right now is far beyond anything I've ever done. So as long as I can keep um, keep doing that for myself, I'm fine. Like I, I, I put big goals. I mean, this has like a very fluent, full tracks uh, all in Spanish on this brand new album and stuff like that. Just stuff that's so different. That, the new album's in Spanish, Billy? Uh, two two tracks on it are, are completely done, and they're completely Spanish uh, songs. Bluegrass. And sung, sung in Spanish? With bluegrass instrumentation. So it's fun. Really? You, I'm Spanish. Uh, well, my heritage is... I did is not know that. Okay. Guatemalan right. and, and Spain and uh, Guatemala and Spain. And so... Uh, that's a big part of my musical heritage, and so I decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first <laughs> bluegrasser to ever sing a song in Spanish. So we cut a couple uh, Spanish well, tunes. You know, they it's not necessarily a, a bluegrass album that they did, but the Mavericks recently yep. didn't, and Elvis Costello, Ronstadt. Linda, there you go, right. That was one of the highest-selling mariachi records of all time. Yeah. So, so I said, you know okay. what, I'm just going to... But nobody in grass ever just, you know, went over there. And So I figured it, they're going to be like, what the hell is he no, saying? No, this is very cool. This is very, very but cool. But in the liner notes, I'll have the translation. It's just two old traditional Spanish songs that I thought would be fun. And they sound really cool, like banjos and fiddles. You never hear that kind of instrumentation in mariachi music or... Down oh, music, yeah. so it's 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 fun, and it felt that very natural cool. and realistic for me. Do we have a, a target date for when the album's coming out? No, because I'm doing stuff like that. It takes longer for me because I I am setting the bar because I want to do stuff I've never. Done. All right, so you uh, are setting the bar. I you guess. said no, I'm not. No, no. I, I said I wasn't there's... worried about matching because right. I want to overdo it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, do you have a title for this upcoming album yet, or no? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> So, so if people want to find out more, if they want to follow along, where can they go to find out more? Uh, uh All the socials, uh, we're on everything. And uh-huh. we've got a guy uh, named Troy Elder who is very responsive on anything. If you send us a note, he'll send it to me. We'll, we'll definitely respond back. You will. Um, All right. We sure That's do. important. And uh, we, we do that uh, whether I'm tired, sick, and it's 4 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I will respond back. Don't worry. All right. Uh, well, you can wait till the next day, Billy. Yeah. It doesn't have to be right away. So are you are you on tour right now? Or? What's left of it? Yeah, we've knocked out oh. about uh, the whole uh, tour schedule for this year and uh, what, what came back, of course. And so we've got like uh, four more dates. And uh, you can find all those dates online. All right. Tomorrow night we'll be in uh, Moorhead, Kentucky. All right. It's going to be fun. John Anderson. Really? All right. Are you headlining? Uh, No, John is. (laughs) I'm trying to be optimistic here. I'm trying to help you. (laughs) I might sing a song with him, but he's definitely headlining. Wow. That's that's fantastic. But by the time they hear this, that'll already be a thing in the past. So we can say, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah we'll be about tomorrow. tomorrow, yeah, yeah, by tomorrow we can't Couple do it. Days, that but, well, yeah. I can say I headlined it and yeah. sold it out. How about that? It's All right, good. nobody's going to question. <laughs> well, Billy, it's been it's been great speaking with you. Yeah, man, and, thank you, thank you, know, you, Billy. You, you've uh, you've made a new fan here uh, personally, and I'm sure we're going to work on our we're going to work on our Spanish, right? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, like, so we can translate that. Well, I used to live in Miami, so. No. But I still don't know any Spanish. Well, I can learn it easier in a song, I think. So, 
Yeah. yeah. As long as you got the, you said you're going to put it the English translation somewhere. If you're going to pay for that, because that's expensive oh. in the oh. minor. Oh, gotta, oh, wait a minute. I got it. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 well, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, you got, yeah, they, got they, they, like more. I said, we respond <laughs> on Facebook, so they could just write me and I'll tell them what Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. I guess we better wrap it up. We, got we better show. wrap it up Billy's because show this there, boy's man. playing in a few minutes. Yeah, uh, we got to let him go. The station in Louisville, Tennessee. Not to be confused with the others around the country. But anyway, well, yeah, man. Thanks a lot, Billy Droz. We really appreciate you coming out here. And look at Billy. We're going to have his link in the show notes, by the way. Uh, and also, big thanks to Lee Zimmerman here. You know, Lee's a famous author. I don't know if anybody knows that, but I think everybody does. You know, he's got a book called Americana Music Voices, Visionaries, Pioneers of Nonis Sound. Now available on Amazon. So thank you, Billy Hubbard. Be sure and please like, share, subscribe to My Backstage Pass on your favorite platforms, and we'll see you next time. Happy trails.